0: Hello and welcome to Pacific Roots Magazine podcast. And hello, here we are with Divya Alter, a New York-based uh, cookbook author and restaurant owner. It's very good to see you. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for taking the time to talk.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Annika. It's a real pleasure to speak with you.
0: Absolutely. Um, so wait, I, I we might only be using audio, but I have your book right next to me here. Um, so for Pacific Roots Magazine, I love to feature chefs and restaurant owners and people involved with food, uh, often in a very, you know, as you know, plant, I'm very interested in plant-based movement. And um, so when I came across, you um, the work you were doing, I was very excited and also very, I don't know much about Ayurvedic um, cooking and the fact fact that uh, you have the first Ayurvedic restaurant in New York City, correct? Yes, uh, kind
1: of, yeah. uh, There is an Ayurvedic cafe uptown, but uh, I would say it's not strictly Ayurvedic. Our food is more aligned with the Ayurvedic tradition.
0: So I have I have a list of questions. As you know, this wasn't on it, but I, I let's just jump right in. How how has the response been to it's Divya's kitchen? Correct.
1: Yes, Divya's kitchen. How has the well <laughs> well before COVID, <laughs> right? <laughs> Everything it's before and after right now. Right. Um, before the coronavirus pandemic, um, we were very busy. We were uh, we received several awards. We've been listed two years in a row as uh, the 50 best vegetarian restaurants in America, wow. which is a big honor by USA today and open table. Um, so um, yeah, we love, we really like what we do. I, I thoroughly enjoy doing this uh, running a restaurant, even though it's hard work and there's always problems, but um just creating really nourishing, very healthy, fresh, vibrant food and serving this to people to support their health and well-being has been a very rewarding experience for me.
0: I, I love looking at your menu. I'm, it, I'm very hungry just thinking about it. So when everything hopefully calms down a bit, whenever I'm back in New York City, I just can't wait. Um, I like the way you described your food it definitely looks extremely it looks unique but very fresh and welcoming and you know it's not somebody might say I don't know what ayurvedic food is but then you look at the menu it's familiar ingredients everything looks healthy but delicious and um, yeah so the menu development was that all was that all you or did you have a partner
1: Yes the menu development is all me and uh, my husband Prentice he's my loving critic the loving critic in my life Mm -hmm. so he definitely always helps with um, tasting and commenting and helping improve and of course I always involve my team of cooks and I also involve the servers with tasting and I have everybody taste a new dish that I'm developing and I will get their feedback and um, so Putting it on the menu is a teamwork, but it's I start the recipe
0: and I create and adjust and yeah. Okay. So um, let's see, what year was it established again? You it was pretty it's pretty new. Twenty seven. We
1: opened yeah we opened in October of two thousand and sixteen, and it's a fairly new restaurant. But we survived the pandemic. We opened we reopened just two days ago. We reopened for. Outs, outdoors dining oh, okay and um, yeah, we have people. We have a few tables out um, on the sidewalk and people are coming back and it's so nice to see everybody.
0: Uh, I thought that feels really really nice. so you did you closed did, you didn't adapt specifically, you just closed down. Did most restaurants closed down or some adapted to delivery?
1: Well, we for us it was more practical to close down for two months and then we reopened for delivery and takeout. We're just going with the regulations of New York City, mm-hmm. how how the city reopens.
0: Great, that's good. It's well, congratulations on reopening, and and I understand it's gonna be really interesting to see how how um, is there indoor seating or it's just outdoor and takeout and delivery. Well, our
1: mayor is saying that if all goes well, uh, we'll be allowed to offer indoor seating from starting July 6th. So we'll see. You know, one thing that um, the pandemic has taught, I think all of us is to learn how to adjust, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) to accept the current circumstances and adjust to them and not give up hope and um, find new ways to do what you love doing and to serve people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is very much the premise also of Ayurveda is um, we always need to adjust our diet, our lifestyle, the environment we live in, in order to maintain our balance. So based on what's presented to us and what we're experiencing right now, Ayurveda teaches us how to adjust so that we can stay in balance.
0: Yes, so thanks to your book, I am learning about Ayurveda a little bit, bit by bit, and I appreciate that very much. It's very interesting. So your own, if you don't mind sharing a little bit, I I really liked your intro um, to your cookbook and learning a bit about, well, the geography of your life and, Mm. uh, you know, your travels, and then, of course, what led you to food. That was very interesting to read. I like the way you wrote it. Um, but, if you could share just a bit about your journey to to Ayurveda sort of this awakening moment that you you had being introduced to it
1: yeah well i I was born and grew up in Bulgaria and um my what brought me to Ayurveda was my studies of yoga so I came to Ayurveda in relation to yoga and really yoga and Ayurveda are like sister sciences they they go together they support each other to optimize our well-being so i i went to india i studied in india for about 5 years and during my stay there every time i would get sick the local doctor was an ayurvedic doctor so i would i would go and he would treat me and you know i i was used to the allopathic way of treatments it's like i have this problem give me the medicine But um, my first Ayurvedic doctor and all others afterwards—they completely changed my perspective of health and my participation in my own health. Because Ayurveda is a participatory practice; (laughs) it's not like here, take the herb, you have this problem, take the herb, and and go home and continue the way you live. Uh, So the first thing my Ayurvedic doctor said is like, here's a list of foods. You know these foods. really good for you right now because you can digest them easy they will be very healing for you they will support your healing process they'll make you heal faster and he said and then there was another list of foods he said these foods you have to avoid they're very good foods but they're not the right foods for you right now and for the first time I experienced how food can be used as medicine Mm. so um and and that's another way of thinking of food also is that according to Ayurveda, there is no good or bad food. It's every food is good for something. Like my main Ayurveda teacher, Vaidya Mishra, who I met here in the United States, uh, he would say, you know, stones are rich in minerals. You can grind stones and make a mineral supplement, but -hmm. we don't eat them every day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So everything can be used as medicine, but whether it's good for you or not, it depends. It mm-hmm. depends on your own constitution, on your health challenges, on your age, on the area where you live, the way you live your life. Mm-hmm. So all of this depends and makes your diet especially very personalized. And that's what I love about Ayurveda, is that it's a very personalized approach to health. It's not one diet fit all, fits all, one exercise fits all. It's, it's very personalized. And even for ourselves, one thing I, I learned also in terms of adjustment and adapting is that maybe one thing is good for us right now in a few months it may not be good for us in right. a few years it may not be good for us so um, we always have to learn to adjust with uh, whatever our
0: needs are in the moment oh, sorry about the about the noise um reading your book yeah speaking about the constitutions so there's the air fire and earth is there water as well or that's not? yes
1: water 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 and earth go together so um air ether or space and air Mm -hmm. constitute our it's called in ayurveda it's called vata Mm -hmm. or vata dosha this these are the energies of space and air that manifest in the body like there are five types of air and of course we breathe, there is an air that pushes things down, air that supports digestion, peristalsis. There is the air that governs the movement of the mind. So different types of air, the vata governs circulation, movement. Uh, it governs the intelligence of the body to heal itself. So that,
0: that energy, mm-hmm. you want me to explain the other two? Mm-hmm. Yes, I think this, this is super fascinating. <laughs> I love the chart you have the acid and the imbalances and challenges. I think it's very useful.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, we, like when Vata is in balance, we have really good circulation, for example. If it's out of balance, we may, f- we may have circulation problems. If it's mildly imbalanced, maybe you get numbness or tingling here and there. And if it's really out of balance, um, you may get some serious blockages in, in your airflow. Or um, if it's the other balance, the other, the other side, you may get di- constant diarrhea because it's moving too much. You know? <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, it's always, it's always the, the concept of being balanced. So, the same with fire. So, fire, the element of fire that we get from the sun with a little bit of water, it's called pitta in the body, and this is the energy of transformation. Um, All the metabolic processes are governed by pitta, all the the transformations in the body, they're constantly uh, happening. And then uh, digestion, digestion of food, digestion of our mental, emotional experiences, this is also governed by pitta, or the fiery energy. When our pitta is in balance, we may we experience um, really good digestion. But imagine just like imagine if you have a metabolic like imaginary fire in your stomach. When it's it's like cooking. Like when you eat food, the food is cooking on that fire. So when um, when or in a pot on the fire. So if your fire goes too high, you turn up the heat. What happens when you cook on very high heat? The moisture in the food starts to dry, and then it starts to burn. <laughs> so sometimes when your pitta or the fire, especially the fire digestion becomes too high for you, you may experience b- burning sensations in your stomach or in your skin, in your eyes. Um, you have too much heat in your body. Um, and uh, fire also governs the emotions, the fiery energy. So you're people who are by nature <laughs> very temperamental and always have a lot of energy and um, um, always uh, very emotional. So that's, that's fire ex- expression of that fiery emotional energy.
0: Um, I think I might be that. And, I, and I, I understand garlic and onions are also, well, there's many things that are sort of of more or less avoided in Ayurvedic cooking, correct? Well,
1: I wouldn't say avoided. It, like you can look at food, Ayurveda looks at food in, in different categories. And one distinction is foods for daily use and foods for occasional medicinal use. Uh, so because the foods for occasional medicinal foods are usually very powerful. They have very powerful... Detox effect or healing effects, and they because of that they may have side effects also on the human physiology so onions and garlic are very powerful foods, but they're used they' are re- recommended for occasional use because they're also very heating, they increase heat in the liver, they increase heat in the pancreas and the spleen so and these are kind of hot organs when they're overheated uh, there is a problem so And they also create the very onions and garlic very stimulating foods. So, one side effect is it may overstimulate your mind. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like for people like me who like to sit down and meditate and develop inner peace, (laughs) onions and garlic are not recommended for daily use. Like a lot of in a lot of spiritual traditions, also like in Zen Buddhism and. Vaishnavism, like in many different traditions, Jainism, onions and garlic are avoided because yeah. of the side effects. But honestly, I'll be honest with you. Um, sometimes I do use garlic, <clears throat> aged garlic capsules, especially if I have certain digestive problems. I just use them occasionally mm-hmm.
0: as medicine. Very, very interesting. I crave onions all the time. So I had this was sort of a personal <laughs> question. I, I'm ve- I'm a very fiery type, but I often crave onions, and so I think when I read about the Ayurvedic um, approach and also right, the Zen Buddhist the Buddhist cuisine tradition of avoiding uh, onions as well, I think hmm, maybe maybe I should try tempering it down and see how that affects my mind flow.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can always try. A lot of people, exper- they don't know how onions and garlic are affecting them and, uh, until they stop using them for two, three weeks and then right. see the difference Um, I've had friends who had like chronic digestive issues and and they realized that it was coming from the onions and garlic when they stopped eating them because all the symptoms disappeared. Mm. Um, On the other hand, some people helped by onions and garlic to fix their digestive issues. So again, it always depends. There is no black and white. It depends whether it's good for you or not.
0: About balance, I hope you don't mind. I wanted to read a quote from... Um, it's from the Divya's Kitchen Facebook page. Uh, Okay. And the quote, to eat Ayurvedically is to eat foods and seasonings that will bring you into balance. So in this, it speaks to, I mean, this is from uh, your restaurant's Facebook page and, you know, you're speaking about balance. Yeah. And
1: um, I wrote that,
0: by the way. (laughs) I just, I had, I wrote it down. I wanted to to read that. And I was also curious uh, in terms of balance, is there a connection also with season and seasonal harvest, or does it manifest in a certain way with your your kitchen philosophy? So, you know, winter. I mean, you're in New York City, so there's distinct seasons. So, is there a flow through through the year that's kind of expressed differently?
1: Yes, definitely. So, seasonal eating is a big part of I would say of any holistic health practice, mm-hmm. just like we change our clothes with the seasons. We need to adjust the foods that we eat, and um, eating seasonal means, yes, eating seasonal ingredients that are growing in the particular season, but Ayurveda takes seasonal eating a little further by recommending also the properties of spices, like seasonal seasonings, if, Mm -hmm. if it's a way to say that. It's like, like in the winter when it's cold and windy and kind of dry, our skin gets really dry. We need to have warming foods, like warm in quality, like more cooked foods, warm foods, something more comforting. Like that was, we crave, crave soups and stews in, this, in the winter because it's so grounding, it's so balancing with the cold weather. Mm-hmm. But also using more heating spices like ginger Mm-hmm. and um, cinnamon and maybe some green chilies and more black pepper, like having more of those pungent heating spices to maintain internal heat in the body that helps us balance with the external heat. Mm-hmm. Um, also in the, in, the, in the winter, we need to uh, have more fat and more protein, which are usually heavier. They just feel heavy in the stomach and this creates more grounding for us um, and then right now it's summer season in the summer we need of course it we outdoors mostly it's so hot outside we sweat a lot so we need to have more cooling foods like zucchini like coconut like um, all the summer squashes mm. fennel do you use fennel in your cooking the fennel I- bulb.
0: I love fennel. Yes, I love
1: fennel. It's so good for you. So green beans, like anything green, all the leafy greens, okra, like all these vegetables. Mm -hmm. Um, And also sweet and juicy fruits. We need to hydrate better in the summer. And then in spring, when, when we need to shut off the sluggishness that our bodies have accumulated during the winter, when nature starts to sprout and open up, We need to have uh, foods, and there's a lot of humidity also in the atmosphere. We need to have foods that are a little more drying, more pungent, more spicy to open the channels in the body. Spring is great for detox also, and things like that. So always adjusting, um, not just the foods, but also the seasonings and the qualities of foods with with the seasons. And just to finish uh, your question, at Divi's Kitchen, um, a lot of our dishes, they're called tridoshik, which means they're balancing for every season. Um, and we do add some seasonal drinks and desserts and salads and things like that.
0: Of the seasons, when we didn't mention winter, uh, autumn.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, Ayurveda considers the harvest seasons. Mm-hmm. So there are three harvest seasons. Um, sp- like late late spring. No. Summer and early autumn, early fall.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's one season. It's also called the pitta season because okay. pitta is very p- present in the environment. Then you have late fall and winter is the vata season. That's the cold weather season. And then late winter and spring is the kafa season. Uh, okay. or, or the, um, yeah. So we're talking about harvest seasons. Okay.
0: Okay, that's interesting.
1: And in India, for example, or more tropical country, other tropical countries, they have six seasons.
0: <laughs> Great. Interesting. So you, you're from Bulgaria, and then you spent time in India, and then America. Was America for love?
1: Well, I came for work. I was re- invited to participate in the project, and, and then a year into it, I met my husband, and I and I stayed for love. <laughs> From- I've been
0: here for 15 years. Wow, in New York City the whole time?
1: No, different places. I lived in Los Angeles, I lived in Washington, DC, and in New York City, we've been here for 12 years.
0: Okay, and then how did you decide to establish Divya's Kitchen there? Because you were already there, or was it something you felt definitely it had to be in New York City?
1: Well, you know, when we first came to New York City, we were invited to uh, participate and establish uh, programs at the Bhakti Center, which is a Vedic culture center here in Manhattan. So um, we moved and we lived in the center for quite some time, quite a few years. And one of the first programs which we developed was cooking classes because the director of the center said you phenomenal cook and you're a good teacher you know so i'm like okay so we started vegetarian vegan cooking classes mm. and this has been going on it still goes on we do we do online classes right now but uh, our school is called Bhagavad life so it started with cooking classes and we've had thousands and thousands of people who've taken them um, and then uh, we like simple cooking classes evolved into a nine month, 250 hour culinary program. So oh. we also established, I think it's the first and most comprehensive It's like Ayurvedic chef's program. It's called Ayurvedic nutrition and culinary training. And we've run it for four years. We have a lot of graduates and that has been very transformative for people. And then we, um, we also had meal delivery service. So what do I would do because I'm also a trained practitioner, I would clients who are interested in us cooking for them would come and I would check their pulse and establish, determine their imbalances and type of digestion. And we would create personalized meals for them and deliver it three times a week.
0: Ooh. And this
1: went on for a few years. So and we did a lot of catering also for corporations and individuals. And then <clears throat> the base here at the Bhakti Center became very small. And, and then the, the director of the center invited us to, there is a restaurant space at the ground, uh, ground floor. And he said, you want to take over this? And I'm like, okay. Wow,
0: <laughs> exciting.
1: So... Yeah, that's how Davis Kitchen came about.
0: That was like some. Was that like summer 2016, and then you opened up that year? Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: We we renovated. We developed everything, and we've never done. My husband and I we've never done restaurant before, so it was a new challenge for us. But we have a wonderful support team. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so so
0: far, so good. Really <laughs> wonderful, and honestly, t- voted one of the fifty best vegetarian restaurants in the entire country that's so that's that's really an accomplishment that's wonderful it is
1: an honor yeah because see we we my passion is to make healthy and healing food really delicious Mm -hmm. and the and it's not just the taste it's also the experience ayurvedic food is so easy to digest and it's so invigorating Mm -hmm. when the ingredients are prepared properly when the flavors are balanced that it kind of nourishes your body, it nourishes your mind, and sometimes people would come back and they would say, I felt better for days after you've eaten oh, at your restaurant, i was <laughs> sure. <I'm> like,
0: wow. <laughs> I mean, you have a feeling it's kind of like addictive, but in the best way possible, that people crave, well, crave it. Yeah,
1: I, I, my, my hope is to help people develop higher taste mm-hmm. you know, for in terms of food, like let go of junk food and processed food and alt and and putrefied food, and, and also a lot of people become vegetarians or vegans because they're like, oh, wow, this is so satisfying and I feel fully nourished. I, I don't feel like I'm lacking meat. So that's another, um, another reason I so much love doing this service is uh, helping
0: people who want to be vegetarian or vegan. Right, and, and I like that, introducing them to a higher taste. When I say, when I said addictive, um... The first time I had uh, raw, I had raw gourmet plant-based food many years ago when I first became mm-hmm. a, vegan. and um, some of your some of your pictures in the cookbook are reminding me of that experience. Um, it wasn't ayurvedic, but I think there could be some similar properties in the in the food I had, and it was um, it was just yeah, it was incredible how you described how I imagined I would feel coming to your restaurant. What you say that guests say they felt better for days. It's um, the experience of food as medicine. I think, if you're not, uh, in this frame of seeing food as medicine or thinking that sounds kind of boring, like, oh, I don't want, like, medicine's boring. Like that sounds really boring. But <laughs> I, I believe when you experience what that means in the in the highest frame possible, as you're presenting at your restaurant, it's it's just an incredible exp- sensory experience on the inside and and taste-wise too. I mean, your food looks Absolutely delicious. I'm in love with I'm in love with uh, the photography in your cookbook and <laughs> browsing through everything. I do ha- wanna ask if you have I'm sure you love everything in your cookbook, but if you have like some recipes that are just really close to your heart or just like if somebody would say, What should I start with? Um, to pop three favorite or something.
1: Oh wow, well yeah, I love all the recipes. I otherwise I wouldn't put them in the book and right now i'm writing a second book actually i'm about to sign the contract everything has been confirmed so i'm in the process of working on the second cookbook but um the you know it always depends so i always choose the foods that i need right now mm-hmm. and right now a food a recipe that i make a lot and really enjoy is the steamed artichokes with olive
0: tapenade oh my gosh Keep repeating on. I see the picture and I'm on that exact page.
1: I just love artichokes and I love the way they make me feel. They're very alkalizing, so good for the liver and the gallbladder. And it just they're so invigorating. They're a very special vegetable. And I I make sure that I eat artichokes at least once or twice a month. I mean a month, a week now in the summer when when they're seasonal right now because they're really medicinal and really delicious. Mm -hmm. So that's one recipe. I really like the lentil soup recipes, like the soothing mung soup. Mm -hmm. We make this at the restaurant also and I would have that soup three, four times a week. I just really like it. Mm -hmm. I like the way I feel. It's very nourishing but very... You know, it makes you feel like, like having a food hug. It's like, it just, and the way I describe it is that this is the kind of food that loves you back. Mm-hmm. You you enjoy, you love the food as you eat it, but then the food loves you back. <laughs>
0: I love that. That's some, I'm I'm gonna pick up some artichokes soon. And um, I guess, of course I understand that, well, of course, all of the recipes are beloved, but I was thinking in terms of maybe it's summertime, so it would suggest, so the artichokes.
1: um, Yeah, the green protein soup, for example, is very dear to my heart because I've learned this recipe from my late Ayurvedic teacher, Vaidya Mishra, and a lot, most of the things I share in the book are really like all the Ayurvedic knowledge that I've received from him Uh, He was not only an incredible Ayurvedic doctor, but he was an amazing cook. Mm -hmm. And I've learned, even though I was trained as a cook in the yoga ashram and just with my constant experience and interning with amazing chefs, um, what I've learned from him really transformed my perspective on food because I I started looking at food as as a relationship. And for many years, when I had chronic digestive problems, food was my enemy you know, because it's just, when you have the digestive issues, you're kind of afraid, almost afraid to eat. It's like, because you get all these reactions after you eat. And I was like that for many years. And I was like, Oh, what should I eat now? And, and I don't know what to eat. It was very confusing, but that um the Ayurvedic doctors and protocols and just studying Ayurveda really helped me personalized, and of course, improved, completely reset my digestion. So I, I don't have these problems anymore. But um, my teacher, Vaidy also so he was very good at, at explaining and showing how to use the spices, you know, how to toast them, how to combine them, what vegetables go with what spices and why, not just for flavor, but because certain spices help digest fiber. Other spices are really good for Protein synthesis and other spices help with carbohydrate metabolism. So um, really, I'm always very grateful to, to him.
0: Well, that's, that's a nice backstory as well. Your second book, is it, is it, a, is it top secret? The...
1: It's not a top secret. I, my publisher, we, we have a working title, but they asked me not to share the title. Right. But um, the, the concept of the book is Ayurvedic Cooking by Ingredient. Mm -hmm. Um, such book I haven't seen I don't think it exists yet but basically it will be organized according to ingredients Mm -hmm. and I will give I'm using a classic Ayurvedic text called Dravya Vigyan. this is um, a compilation of it's it's something like uh pharmacology Ayurvedic pharmacology so it's a compilation of different um ayurvedic texts based on ingredients so for example there is a section on cumin (laughs) (laughs) and it gives all the botanic name botanical names english different names sanskrit but then it describes the ingredient according to taste according to metabolic effect healing benefits so my book will be grouped according to ingredients so you can learn more about the ingredient and then i give you recipes how to cook with it
0: and so starting with, I mean, from herbs to vegetables and fruits.
1: Yeah, it will be mostly vegetables mm-hmm. and then fruits, yeah, lentils, grains, mm-hmm. and a few spices. I, I cannot, I, I mean, just focusing on spices, that's a whole other book. I, you, <laughs> but in- I will i I'll <laughs> touch on a few, well, cumin just came to my mind, but, but- I'll touch, of course, I'll touch on a few uh, spices, but it will be mostly the vegetables the grains the nuts
0: your third book will be all spices (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's see that would be really (laughs) exciting i mean for somebody i i I love herbs and spices i just absolutely love them i just started growing and i was I was sorting coriander before our talk, and um, so a whole to me that sounds extremely exciting—a whole book about herbs and spices. From that I well,
1: mean. good for you! It's really always the best to grow your own herbs if you can do that. Even if you have a little balcony mm-hmm. and a little window sill, just to grow your own herbs, it's just it's so medicinal by itself, and then you can use them in your cooking.
0: Exactly, that's very true. That's very true. So, do you do you by any chance work with farms? Do you have a special relationship with farms in the- You know,
1: I, I try to, and I, I still keep trying to. The problem is that a lot of the local farms have um, a very limited in terms of deliveries, and, and they don't like to offer wholesale prices because they, they can sell their produce at the farmer's market mm-hmm. at a better price. Right. So, but what we do is we use, we get deliveries from local farms, but not directly. We get it through a distributor. So okay. I, when I go online to place the orders, I can always, I already, I always order for certain, from certain farms and I can read about their farming practices. Mm-hmm. Some of those, far, of those farmers um, sell the produce at a local farmer's market. So I can go and meet them and talk to them in person. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I call them. So um, that's that's how we get local produce from local farms, but not directly through a distributor, it's just more practical.
0: Which farmer's market is your local one? Union Square. Oh, okay, I've been, I've been there a few times. Um, my mother's from New York City and I lived upstate for a while. And oh, wow. I remember I loved, I loved a, I never planned it, but when I would be there and see the farmer's market at Union Square, I liked, liked it very much. Um, so, what to Eat for How You Feel, by Devia Alter. I will put a link to that um, when I publish the podcast. And that and then you have another. That's actually I didn't know that uh, that you had another book coming out soon. To so that, I'm
1: soon. just announcing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally we just finalized the contract uh, literally two days ago. So right.
0: oh, very exciting. <laughs> also, I asked about backtracking. I asked about farms just because with co- I mean, COVID is affected as we know every every realm of life so i was curious um just from your neck of the woods um if uh you know what's the insight on on farms there Um, well weather is great produce is growing you know
1: and and i think that the farmers are also finding creative ways to reach to their to their customers so um it's still going on
0: thank god And I'm happy to hear that things are opening up. And I have to say, you can't be thankful, you can absolutely not be thankful for COVID, but it seems like it is bringing restrictions that I personally find kind of interesting. There seems to be a heightened awareness of, of hygiene and so forth. And um, I, I I read a lot of the articles about the restaurant industry and now creative ways with seating. So I think um, it's it's very interesting to think about it from that creative standpoint. And speaking with somebody like you, who you were able to close and then open up, reopen up safely and so forth, it's setting a really nice model. And, um, you know, it conveys a great sense of peace um, to hear about how, how you're progressing.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, what I, I mean, one good thing is that it brings more awareness in the industry and just in general in our lives, but focuses on the customer <laughs> or, mm-hmm. the, or the people. You know, we, like in, at our restaurant, we're focusing on Okay, how can we create a safer place to create more distance between people to make them feel comfortable? So it's not just focusing on making money, you know, or, or, or focusing on the business. But we're forced to focus on the, the customers, on our guests. Mm-hmm. And, and this is, hopefully, uh, it will bring more attention to true sense of hospitality as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like the way we create more distance at our restaurant is we, we got a lot of plants. So we have these palm trees. And so we're not, we don't have the plastic dividers. We have plants. So it creates also more of a natural vibe. And people really enjoy that. I like
0: that true sense of hospitality.
1: Well, yeah, because true true hospitality comes from your heart and from your sincere desire to serve people. So, uh, when and when that shines through, people feel feel really welcome, they feel loved, they feel respected, and that's that's what we try to That's the kind of vibes we like to promote.
0: I love it, I absolutely love it. So I will dream of the day when I meet you in person and um, enjoy your food.
1: (laughs) Me too, I would love to meet you in person.
0: Absolutely. So I thank you for, I'm gonna wrap this up. I thank you for your time. I will publish links with the podcast to your culinary program that I actually, that was very interesting to learn about. Um, I look forward to reading more on that. Your book, restaurant website, Put it all together uh, with the talk.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. You know, one thing about the culinary program is uh, a lot of people from all over the world have been asking me to join. Mm-hmm. And so far, we've only done it in person with 12 people maximum group. And now we're actually developing the first level of the program to be also available completely with online learning. So it will allow all these people to who want mm-hmm. to learn the basic principles of Ayurvedic cooking, digestion, to join from any part of the world. So I'm really excited to make it more
0: accessible. Right, that's really fantastic. That's a really adapt adaptability and a balance <laughs> too, in a way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I can imagine so exciting for somebody who wants to take that program to then plan to go to New York City for, you know, the duration. But it, it is like kind of finding a new balance in these times, like, okay, maybe we don't need to go all the way there and, and the fact that you're able to provide it digitally, um, really bringing it, bringing it, uh, to more people. Yes. That's really wonderful. So thank you so much for your time. And thank you, Annika. This was yes. wonderful. You're so you. nice to talk to. <laughs> thank you for listening to Pacific Roots Magazine podcast. Visit us online at pacificrootsmagazine.com.